0: May 18th, 2023. We're in Masechet Besa Andaf, Yod, Amud Bet. Eight lines from the top of the Amud, three lines before the end, three words before the end of the line. Umi mit If you recall, the Gemara's context uh, was a statement of Rava. At the end of a long discussion debate. Rava suggested the fourth of the four uh, interpretations to, with regards to why. Uh, dipping, immersing utensils on Yom Tov on Shabbat should be prohibited. Rava's reasoning was that it's near ke metaken, it looks like you're fixing and in turn the isura on Shabbat of Mittakin mana, of, uh, of makebe patish is uh, in effect. Rabbinically speaking, when it comes to immersing, dipping utensils, on Yom Tov. That was the statement of Ravad Gemara, challenged it. If that's the case, so how come Betilel, who indeed did prohibit, they restricted uh, utensils being dipped on Yom Tov on Shabbat, but they permit human beings uh, immersing in the mikveh on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Why should they distinguish? Shouldn't we say, with regards to human beings as well, it's nira the statement, the answer of rava was, it's different when it comes to human beings. Unlike utensils, I could say about the person, he's immersing not for mitzvah reasons, not in order to, quote unquote, to fix himself, to take himself from a state of impurity to one of purity. He's doing it kemekar, He's doing it just to cool off a little bit, Think about, i challenge that, if you recall. Wait a, wait a second, what if the water is dirty? Even when it's dirty during the summer, you return back, as the suggestion was. You have dirty water, but you're so hot and sweaty, you'll even jump into a bath of uh, dirty flax water. Uh, what about during the winter? Who's going to immerse in the winter in order to cool off? You don't cool off during the winter. It's, we're assuming it's not heated water. Uh, says the Gemara, what's going to happen during the winter? It's, answers the Gemara, you might come back from the field on Shabbat on Yom Tob, during the winter or at any other time by extension and be dirty. As a result, you'll want to jump into this cold bath just in order to get the excrement, to get the the mud off of you. Truth is, parenthetically, on that statement of the Gemara, there is a debate amongst the scheme If a person were to immerse themselves on Shabbat or Yom Tov, provided that it's under the right guidelines and the right situation, should they be making a beracha out loud or not? Maybe it's inappropriate, because after all, the whole permissibility in our Gemara is that the casual onlooker, or even to you yourself, it could appear as if you're just going in to cool off, as if you're going in just to cleanse yourself of the sweat, of the dirt, of the mud, well, then maybe you shouldn't be making a beracha. Maybe the beracha reveals... Uh, your intent in this situation. My intention is for uh, for all the berachahs before you go in. Not not for men, for women. Maybe you shouldn't be dunking seven times either. Alright, by extension, maybe you shouldn't be doing it seven times. Right, there's debate in the post about this. We do make a beracha. There's a debate furthermore in the Gemara and Masechet Shabbat. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat talks about a convert. Can a convert Finish the conversion process with regards to dunking, going into the mikveh on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Maybe it should be inappropriate over there as well. The Gemara mentions one reason. The Gemara says it's because it's nirakim mitakin. Well, why don't we say it's different? Why don't we say it's not nirakim mitakin? And maybe it's just so it's so clear what's going on, what's taking place. That's the suggestion of some. Bam has it as that's not the conclusion of the Gemara, it's because it's like deen, it's like judgment on Shabbat. You need a real judgment process with regards to uh, turning this individual into a a Jew. Uh, That's just parenthetic important issues, not per se for us right now, or uh, for men all that often anyway. Uh, But now the Gemara continued. Gemara said final challenge on Rava, but Rava what about Kippur? I understand on Yamim Tovim, I understand Shabbat. What about on Kippur? How are you permitting on Kippur, or you're probably not going to permit on Kippur, an individual to go into the Mikveh? Why shouldn't you permit it? Well, after all, on Kippur, there's an Isur of Rehitzah. You're going to permit this person, and you're say, Oh, don't worry, it doesn't look wrong. It doesn't look as if they're fixing themselves. They're just. They're just what, whatever they're they're just you're gonna fill in is prohibited on Kippur. You're not allowed to bathe yourself on Kippur, so you can't say, oh no, he's just going in to bathe himself. That's a problem, says the Gemara, the famous and important line of Rava, Ho'il. Since it's permitted on Shabbat. You cannot and will not sever it, separate Shabbat from Yom Tov and say that on Yom Tov, the immersion in the mikveh would be prohibited. But wait a second, rabbinically speaking, we should say on Kippur, it looks more problematic. It appears as if you're fixing. It uh, gives uh, the wrong in- interpretation to a person who watches you go from purity to, from impurity to purity, or which you wouldn't have on Shabbat or il Since it's permitted on Shabbat, it in turn will be permitted on Kippur as well. Does that I mean, we'll extend this to all halachot that are permitted on Shabbat, we'll extend them to Yom Tobas, no. We'll say it on Gizerot midr If there's rabbinic violations in these sorts of circumstances, like this, a restriction, no immersing yourself, except what we'll say on Shabbat if it's permitted, it's permitted on Kippur as well. But that thought, that line of logic that we say, if it was permitted here, we should extend it logically to there, that's what the Gemara is going to question whether it does jive with the general approaches of rava. Says the Gemara, umi it le, le rava ho'il, question mark. Does rava eat yesh, does rava have this concept of, again, quote, unquote, that word ho'il, since, since it's the beginning of a set, since it's permitted on, therefore it should be permitted on as well, right? I fill in the blanks. We had it since it's permitted on Shabbat, so too it should be permitted on Kippur. Over here we're gonna have a little bit of a different one. What's that? I thought it was above Shabbat. Which one? No, that's, you know, that's what that's you were fed early right. on. No, idea, yeah, actually. as a matter of fact, okay, I'll go here. This is what Jared wanted me to go yesterday. The punishment, no, no, it's okay. The punishment on Shabbat is greater than that on Kippur. So you can't argue. Kippur, if you do melaka. Yeah, on Shabbat, it's mitat betin, it's sekilah. On Kippur, it's karet. I know, I know. Why does it seem like the it, I'm sorry, just one second. Compared to the Yamin tobin, it's, it's no wise. idea. Why does it seem like this stretching is so so much more than anything else we've talked about? Like, this is like a real stretch. In recent, and maybe even most of the masechet betza, our sugyot have been briefer. Uh, you'll find many sugyot which are extended. No, I gotcha. You, but you'll find other places in Talmud where you have four opinions, and we'll test them all out, and it'll continue, and so on and so on. That's that's what's taking place. I, I will add as well. There is, was, and even is a lot of relevancy to these sorts of questions. In other words, so yeah, they're, they're exhausting it and squeezing it for all of its relevancy and all of its determinations. We're you a know, lot of times they, they down from it. time. You know, yeah. yeah. I Anyway, it says the Gemara, umi itle Question mark Is there really such a concept in Rava's repertoire and his methodology? we begin with Mishnah Masechet, Shabbat. Tachosesh b'shinav lo yigma or yigame'a Bahene etachometz. A person who has a toothache is not allowed to swallow vinegar. Why not? Rashi on the left-hand side. Lo You would be doing it for therapeutic, medicinal reasons. Why is that prohibited? De any medicinal process on Shabbat The rabbis built a restriction. Mishum the reason is basing himself gemara in Masechet Shabbat Shi'av melacha tohen. The issue is that uh, there's a gezerah. If a person is using medicine, maybe they'll crush herbs in order to produce medicine. As a result, you're not allowed to use medicine. Does that mean we can never? All right, so great question. I'm not addressing it now, but I'll send the class to address it and to deal with it. What's that? That's a great claim. Great claim to speak for yourself. I crush all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so shechikatz <laughs> mamanim is melechet is is <laughs> tohen. It's one of the 39 melechot. And as a result, the rabbis say, so, even if it means swallowing vinegar in order to alleviate the pain from my tooth, it's prohibited. Okay, continues the Mishnah. It says, aval, what you are allowed to do is, mitabelhu Kidarko." The im nitrapa, nitrapa, what you're allowed to do is kedarko, in the regular fashion, Bimitabel. I have my bread and I'm dipping it, I'm dipping it into vinegar. Kedarko, it's the regular way, people like things with their bread, I like vinegar with my bread, I'm allowed to do that now. Uh, maybe you should say no, you're not allowed to do that because it might bring to helping the pain in my teeth. That, that far the rabbis did not extend their gezira. If you're doing it in the regular fashion, it's not nikar, it's not clear to others, to yourself, that this is for medicinal reasons, just a regular way of eating the bread, uh, by dipping it into the vinegar, that's permitted. All right, so far, so good. We're, de- we're delineating, we're describing what's permitted, what's prohibited with regards to refua and Shabbat. If it's not nikar, if it's ma'achal b'ryim, and the derech of of healthy people, would be doing the same thing, permitted. Okay, Says so the Gemara virami. And we asked a contradiction on this, meaning this Mishnah in Maasechet Shabbat. The rabbis asked a contradiction from a Beraita, from a, another a piece of literature from the time of the Tanaim. Lo yegamea upolet, megamea This biraita says same context, same situation. Person has a toothache. What you're not allowed to do, says this biraita quite clearly, is to be megamea upolet which means I swallow the vinegar, I maybe uh, swoosh it around inside a little bit, I let it uh, deal with my tooth, and then I'll spit it out. That's very clear. What are you doing? Who who swallows and spits out vinegar? You're doing it only for medicinal reasons. However, what you're allowed to do, explicitly says the Beraita, Megame'al boleah, you're allowed to pour it in and swallow it entirely. Wait a second, the Mishnah told us the absolute opposite. The Mishnah told us, you're not allowed to be you're not allowed to swallow the vinegar. The only thing you're allowed to do is to dip. We have, a, we have a what's it called? We have a, it's a two extremes and a middle over here. We have a spectrum. The least in terms of being clear what you're doing with regards to medicinal reasons is, I'm dipping it and eating it. In the middle is, I'm swallowing it straight down. On the opposite extreme, in terms of uh, severity, is I'm putting it in my mouth and then spitting it out. Which one of these is prohibited? Which one is permitted? Clearly, the Gemara says, the one on that extreme, on the right extreme, that I'm putting it in my mouth and then spitting it it out, is Asur. Clearly, the one on the opposite extreme, in terms of dipping and putting my mouth, is permitted. What about this middle one? I'm just swallowing it down. Disgusting thing to do. You take vinegar and you swallow it. I'm sorry to those who like vinegar. You're swallowing your vinegar down. Disgusting thing to do. But the Mishnah says you're not allowed to do it. The Beraita says you are. That's a blatant contradiction. Says the Gemara, ve'amara, baye, abaye, trying to address. What's the halakha on that middle one? I have a contradiction. And we'd love always the Imoraim to, uh, to square the Mishnah and the Beraita. Instead of saying they disagree, yeah, we'll accept it. No, they agree. But which one is it? How do you, how do you square these two? Ve'amara, baye, me matnitin, polet tenan, period. Abaye's explanation is the Mishnah, which we began with over here, which said you're allowed to dip and eat, but not swallow, it didn't mean swallow it fully down, and then swallow and then spit out. That's what's prohibited. Meaning, the left-hand extreme is the, what the Mishnah meant as well. The Mishnah didn't say those words, it didn't say swallow and spit, it's what the Mishnah meant. No, 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 the Mishnah said you're swallowing it down, the Mishnah said you swallow it. The Mishnah said you're swallowing it, it means swallowing and spitting out. Why the Mishnah mention the case only of dipping, which we put on the left-hand extreme of our spectrum? Why didn't you mention the middle one where you're swallowing it fully down? If you Tell me that's permitted. No, they're you're they're eating the bread after. That. That's permitted. Everybody agrees that's permitted. Not gonna right. Do that. So, so He's what? Saying. Indeed, indeed what, sev- what several of the Rishonim say uh, is, even though swallowing it down is permitted, the more prevalent one, the more normal one, will be that you're dipping and eating. In other words, the Mishnah isn't contradicting okay. that. The Mishnah is alternatively just giving I'm you old. the more prevalent <laughs> way, the more <laughs> normal way. Can but it, it goes, what's that? Right. I mean, what do you do? But then it's not kidarko. Then that's, That would be maybe the most problematic. Then it's like swallowing it and spitting it out. And that, that might be the most problematic. Might be. But ultimately speaking, Abaye then has no issue. Abaye says, But I thought they're saying the same thing. Exactly the same thing. It didn't sound like it. It was the same thing. Far extreme, Asur. If you're swallowing and spitting. Uh, other further extreme on the opposite end that you're dipping, permitted. Middle, permitted. What's middle? Swallowing it down and not spitting it out. Rava has a different interpretation and here's where we get critical mode. The Rava afilu you can even argue megame'a ubole'a. Our Mishnah was indeed saying explicitly that you swallowed it down entirely without spitting it out, asur. Asur, the Mishnah said that's permitted and there's no contradiction between Mishnah and Beraita The Mishnah and Beraita are talking about different situations. Context is different. Situation with regards to what I'm doing is the same. Surrounding atmosphere is different. How so? Well, in one of them, he says, you were already tovel. In the other one, you had not yet been tovel. What does the word tovel again mean? It means to dip. Well, it goes like this, I'm sitting at my meal and I have in front of me bread and I have vinegar. So case number one, I take the bread, I dip it into the vinegar, I dip it into the vinegar, I finish dipping it, I finish with my bread, whatever it is, and then there's leftover vinegar. Delicious, and I swallow that down. Why are you swallowing it down? It's very clear from the fact that you already did your regular usage of the vinegar that you're done with the vinegar. Why are you swallowing it down? Only for medicinal reasons. That's made clear based on your prior actions. That's our Mishnah. The Beraita, in contrast, is you haven't yet touched the bread. You walk to the table and everybody's sitting around. Maybe you touch the nibble at the bread. You see the vinegar and you swallow the vinegar down. Why are you doing that? I don't know, someone might say he's a funny guy, he likes vinegar. The fact that you haven't yet dipped into it and you're not dipping it each you haven't dipped into it makes clear to us or at the very least leaves open the possibility that you're not doing this for medicinal reasons. In other words, again, Rava critically distinguishes between the situation. Let's repeat it without the rationale, but just repeat it. If you haven't yet dipped your bread, you can swallow the vinegar, no problem, medicine. You already dipped your bread, you can't swallow the vinegar. Oh, wait a second, wait a second, says the Gemara. Do you realize what, what you meant? You meant first you, you, you gargled with it and then you swallowed it if you say so what's that? if you say so yeah, it makes sense no, 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 because we have two cases we have gargling and spitting out and we have gargling and swallowing gargling and swallowing, we good no, no, gargling and spitting out was the problematic one gargling and swallowing that's the question and according to Rava, it depends when you're doing that are you gargling that's right. It, that's right. Does it matter what you're trying? If it's 100%, I'm doing it for the toothache. We are certain 100% you're doing it for the toothache. But we're permitting it based on circumstances because of what it appears to be. Keep in mind, Minhat Torah it's permitted. The rabbis want you to heal yourself, but they want it to be not overt, not in your face that that's what you're doing. But now, says the well, wait a second. Do you. They would wow. be able and to do it, so. They Absolutely. They can even chug before, according to Ravah. According to Ravad, they could chug before him. As long as they haven't yet dipped, they can. Absolutely. As as Mars pointed out, I think he said, I said, I didn't. I wasn't clear about this. You're not just swallowing. If you're just swallowing, it's not that it's miraculously fixing your teeth. It's that you gargled and then swallowed. It's that you let it touch your teeth or touch your tooth that has the ache. But the Gemara, fundamentally, here's the important part. It means, then, that the gargling and swallowing is, before food permitted, and after food prohibited. Did you forget this logical connection and continuation Radha led led the the class off with today? What did he tell us? He said, if it's permitted on Shabbat, I remember what we were talking about—the dipping. Of course, it's permitted on on Yom Kippur. You're not going to say it's prohibit. It's permitted here, and all of a sudden it got cut off. If it's permitted, it's permitted. But the reasoning no longer applies. Who cares if it was permitted? Permitted says the Gemara now. Ve'im ita, and if it's so, Rava, that you are willing to that—that's your method. Your method is if something's permitted, I extend it. I say ho'il. I can't distinguish based on situation. It's a different day. No, ve'im ita ho'il tibul shah. I should say that since, there's the key word again, before eating it was permitted to gargle and swallow. It should as well, after dipping, be permitted. Rava, your explanation, the way that you split the line over here between Beraitah and Mishnah doesn't add up according to your logic, says the Gemara, Hadar berava period. Says so the Gemara, Rava Hadar, he returned, he retracted this approach. Which means to say, Rava turned to Abaye, a rare occurrence, and said, you know something, buddy? You win. Why do I win? Because you're right, my explanation of this Mishnan Beraita doesn't fit with my general methodology. My general methodology is this Ho'il. ho'il. Since it's permitted here, it's got to be permitted there. I'm arguing now that it's permitted before eating, not after. It doesn't fit. You're right, you challenged me. What's that? You see this a lot. Very rarely. Very rarely. Very rarely. Sometimes you have a question you can't answer. Over here, the Gemara says Hadar How often do you see those words? Rare. So, he also. so now you saying, Ravah can't do Now is arguing you may not ever gargle and swallow, you can only dip and, and eat, that's it. It means that on our spectrum, far left is permitted, this was Abaye's approach, middle is Asur, which means swallowing it, and of course the far right, where you're gargling and then spitting is Asur as well. That's the Gemara's suggestion. But it means, okay, it means Rava retracted his opinion. Says the Gemara, but wait a second. I'm trying to understand how you know, maybe you know this historically, alternatively, how do you know which one of these approaches Rava retracted? You're right, they don't square one with the other. On the one hand Rava is telling us in our Gemara that if it's permitted on Shabbat, it's permitted on Yom Yom Kippur, Ho'il. On the other hand over there, he's not doing this Ho'il, it's permitted before and it's prohibited afterwards. Um, Maybe he changed his mind with regards to the permissibility of Ho'il. What made you such a light, uh, light reader of Rava? That Rav, oh, Rava, would be lenient in that. What are you talking about, Rava? hadarbe. What makes you think and know that Rava retracted his permissibility in the context of the um, the the dipping and, and the eat, or the swallowing rather? Dilma, maybe meha Maybe again, I have a contradiction. You walk into the class and say the rabbi said Mutan, the rabbi said asur. I don't know which one it was. Someone else went and said, no, the rabbi took back his opinion. Which one did he take back? I don't know which one he took back. I don't know when these were said. I know he once said mutari, he once said Asur. I know he once said Ho'il and he once said not Ho'il. Oh, he took one back. Which one did he take back? So our assumption was he took back just the case of medicine, but he kept the concept of Ho'il. Who said? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you how we know that rava would not and could not retract the concept of ho'il in the context of dipping, not food, but your body. You shouldn't let that rise to your mind. In other words, clearly rava was lenient and had to be lenient when it came to immersing yourself even on Kippur, keep in mind that's what was at stake. D'etanya we have a beraita which teaches kol chiveh tevilot. Anyone who's hayav, who's, who's who's obligated to immerse themselves, halachically speaking, tovlin Khan, they go and immerse themselves in the mikveh in the regular fashion. Whether it's Shabav, when we have the same prohibitions, same prohibitions with regards to not doing Rehitzah, not uh, letting yourself bathe on chab'av as we do on Yom Kippur from the Mishnah Dafa'in Yoma. so it says the Biraitado explicitly that if you're Hayav Tevila, you do it whether it's Kippur or Chab'av. It means... Wait a second, why should it be permitted on Kippur? How do you argue that there's a permissibility on Kippur? Rava? if you're going to be consistent, you should say, it's Akim mitaken, after all, Rava, that was your rationale, that was your legal reasoning that the reason you can't dip a utensil is because it looks wrong, it appears as if you're fixing something, why are you permitting a person to do so? It must be that Rava does maintain ho'il, this concept of since it's permitted on Shabbat, it's permitted as well on Yom Kippur. It's unfathomable. It's not possible, he said. Is it possible there's anything permitted on Shabbat and prohibited on Kippur? Ho'il, since it's permitted on Shabbat, it's permitted on Kippur. That's the conclusion of our Sugya, which leaves many, if not all, of the poskim wondering where does that leave us practically in today's day and age? Where did it leave us with vinegar? <laughs> Rava retracted with regards to vinegar and went like... retracted talking about the talking about Rava retracted his explanation with regards to vinegar, but maintained his position with regards to tivila, which means to say he left us with the more stringent approach of Abaye by vinegar. Of course that'll give us questions. How does it, how do we deal with medicine? How do we understand all that sort of business? Indeed, separate conversation, a Masechet Shabbat conversation, we'll send a class or two on that issue. But for our purposes, which was the tevilah, he maintained it. How does that play out in today's day and age? So you'd say, why shouldn't it be the same in today's day and age? The first for our purposes to address it is this Tosafot on the right hand side. Tosafot on the right hand side, the second one. Kol hiyeveh tevilot tovlin Says tosafot, This is true, again, that you can and will immerse yourself, whether it's kippur or Chabeav, if you're hayabilah, davka specifically, mitzvah Says tosafot, this is specifically and only for those were immersing themselves in what's called tevilat mitzvah bismana. In other words, let's do it in you know, the practical circumstance, a person becomes pure. Whether they were tamemet, or they were nida, or anything or everything else, there's a process. What sometimes what mi- a a It means that you're not just Heke doing it, number one. You're not just oh, I'd like to go and become pure. And number two, probably, and number two, and more importantly, it's bizmanat at the appropriate time. Oh, well that being the case, Tosafot is effectively telling us this doesn't apply unless we can make the clear claim that you are in the primary time, the prime time of tevilah. In other words, it's. One second. Well, let's. Uh, you touch Matav or or Ah, that's the appropriate time On Yom Kippur, because you were in the field. No. You can't go back No, oh, in that situation you could be Ro'het. You can you can you can wash off the titan and so'ah. You can't immerse yourself in a mikveh, which was the whole point. And the Gemara says if you're not allowed to immerse yourself in such a situation, so why are we allowing someone who's hayav be'tivilah to do tivilah? Because you can't with the titan and so'ah. You can cleanse yourself in tita and so'ah. You can't jump in unless literally your whole body. Yeah, what is the problem? What's that? What is the problem? All yeah. right, stand there one second. Hi,nu davka lehaneishu tovlim tevilat mitzvah bizmana. Aval says Tosafot. However, hashda now in today's day and age she called tevilot she nashtenu toblot hi tevila tevilah shelobizmana. Today women no longer immerse in the rightful time. What are you talking about? I tosafot said it, what do you mean? Deheen sofrot shivanikim misafek shen zovo zavot and antovlot Shabav Yom Kipurim. Tosafot, referring to, without us getting into all the details now, because it just will take too long, but let's suffice it to say the following. The way, practically speaking, women who go through a men- menstrual uh, period and count in today's day and age, is not very clearly the way it was from the Torah. There are humrot from the rabbis, which were accepted by the larger national community of Am Yisrael as binding but ha Generally speaking, clearly speaking, from the Torah, that last count of what we know is the Shivani nikiyim, the seven clean days, is all rabbinically speaking. It's not for a nida, it's for a safeq zava. I'm not defining those words purposefully right now, but what I am explaining to you is the gemara explicitly, this is not tosafot's novelties, gemara masechet Nidah throughout in several places makes clear that that count of seven is rabbinic in nature. Do we have leniencies as a result? Not really, because we've accepted it as binding. However, to take a step back and say, what's tevilah bizmana What's the mitzvah of which is, according to Tosafot, the driving factor and force in saying, this is why it's permitted on Kippur K- or Shabbat, it's only because it's bizmana, it's in the appropriate, that's no longer the reality says Tosafot we no longer count the we we now count the shiv'anikim which means that at the time of immersion you don't have that higher level binding factor of but it's a mitzvah and it'll push aside everything else addressing the woman right now who else do you want him to address not it is indeed what they established, but they could not establish it. No, no, it's, it's not, but it means that the concept of is no longer a relevant, relevant concept. So you say to me, so now it's all sketch. It's not all sketch at all. It's just with regards to the force which Tosafot understands there is of tivila bizmana mitzvah. Now let me remind you, I didn't say this clearly, the Gemara and several other places, quotes from Tanaim and the Post-Gim debate this, about whether we have such a concept of tevilah bizmana mitzvah, whether it's a particular and specific mitzvah to do it on that night. Without getting into the details, Tosafot is assuming everything we learned about here is hinging on that. You would not and could not permit this on Kippur, and chabeab unless you maintain tevilah bizmana mitzvah. And as a result, says Tosafot
1: let the girl dip on the please, second, please. They say, they don't be established
0: Shabbat, and they don't refer to them, they can't, can't. not allow something to put that you allow on Shabbat. We established that. Right, so... so to, to, Shabbat, to It's a nice argument, I like it. Right. Tosafot's argument against it is, we can't extend that ho'il unless we have combined with it the strength of mm-hmm. Tevila Bizmana Mitzvah. Right. It's a hidush no question. That's the... No, actually, Next point. Give it a second, Charles. But at this moment, at this moment, it's not per se. The concept of tevilah bismanah isn't only with regards to women. Charles is adding, and we're gonna see that in just a moment now, he's adding as well, is this practically speaking, leave aside tevilah bismanah mitzvah, uh, Jared's uh, uh, confusion or his, uh, his, um, his disappointment with the rabbis, he says, oh, why aren't we letting them? to let them go earlier. Well, be mindful of the fact. Be mind- One second. Be mindful of the fact, says Charles. They're not going to be able to have relations with their husband anyway. So they're not going to be able to. Because Shabbat, it's Kippur. Let's take a look now at, uh, at Tosafot. Now go into the wide lines of Tosafot and skip down four lines. Not seven, uh, let's, it's a dispute. Uh, let's suffice, it's a dispute for now, okay? Anyways, uh, the Gemara, uh, depends, depend, uh, just, just leave it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a refresher on family purity. Anyways, here's the Gemara, four lines down here, four words onto line. Says Tosafot, we don't, TMR, TMR Mars. Maybe I don't want this refresher. Omer ri, says Tosafot, another approach of Re, and tovlim, lo biyom ha-kiburim, ve because retracted a moment beforehand and suggest that maybe on Kippur it is permitted. Uh, Tosafot said, maybe we have proof that on Kippur, even if it's not because of Tevilah i mitzvah, um, skipping that proof, maybe it would be permitted on Kippur and not on Shabbat. Now Tosafot quotes from Rhee. He says, no. Uh, even on Kippur. the concept of Tevilah mitzvah, as Charles points at, pointed out, was purposeful and many other circumstances back then, they needed to make certain that now if I touch something which is tahor, I don't contaminate it. Not a reality. Today, Le ba'ala, the only purpose for the Tevilah is to permit the woman to her husband, <speaking in Hebrew> she can cleanse herself and prepare herself for the mikveh on Erev Kippur, condition to in order so that her hair is combed and there's no what's called hatitzah, no separation. And then she'll, she has to just go back. She may have sweated a little, so her hair got a little tangled on the holiday. She's <speaking in> Hofifet, <Hebrew> she prepares herself a little bit after Kippur. <speaking in Hebrew> and so she can do the same thing a lot before Shabbat and then finish it after Shabbat concludes and makes clear for us in terms of purpose, in terms of destination with regards to this again, the point in Bizman HaZeh is only for relations Whereas once upon a time you had another reality, so we could debate tevilah mitzvah or not. Uh, why? Because there's some practical mm-hmm. ramification. So that I'm not metameh, so that I'm not tameh, my wife's not tameh, she doesn't touch something and make it, that's not a reality any longer. So as a result, even if we say tevilah mitzvah today, basically is what Tosaf was saying, uh, is what R' is saying. So tevilah mitzvah, oh therefore it's permitted on kippur, it's permit on, no, it's permitted on nothing, why not? Because ultimately speaking, what are you leaving yourself into? What's the purpose of this Tevila? It's only and that's prohibited on Shabbat and Kippur. And so therefore, the conclusion of this Tosafot where you had the first approach, which distinguished between Kippur and Tisha for one reason or another, but very clearly connected this to the issue of tevilah bizmana mitzvah or not. Ri says, since today, practically speaking, the only purpose is for her permissibility to be with her husband, and that's not a permissibility. She has to wait until the motzei. Okay, what we'll do, hopefully tomorrow at the very beginning, is to see this alibad hilchita in the Halakha books.